filled me full of fright. I dreamt that I was with the devil below in his great big fiery Hi, and welcome back to At the Devil's Ball. I'm Samuel Numine, and with me, as always, is co-host and founder of The Feast, Nathaniel Johnson. Yay! Ooh, you get a cheer. Everybody gets a cheer. Yeah. Especially Mick Garris, because we're continuing our Mick Garris Appreciation Month with parts three and parts four of The Stand. Absolutely. Um, they were aired on May 11th and May 12th of 1994. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to this beginning before we just jump in? Because we got a lot of room to cover still. Yep, yep. Uh, well, I want to... Um, I mentioned some cast members last week. I want to talk about some... Uh, to just list off a few more this time. Absolutely, because this time uh, we're kind of focused on the baddies. I'm going to focus a little bit more on the villains, yes. Uh, so we have uh, Corin Nemec. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have... Um, uh, fuck. Um, Jamie Sheridan. Yes, as, Jamie Sheridan. As the Randall Flagg. Uh, Miguel Ferra. The Great. Uh, Laura San Giacomo. Uh, we've got Matt Frewer. Uh, we've got... Uh, we'll, t- we'll mention uh, Bridget Ryan, who plays Lucy Swan. Right. Uh, we've got uh, Rick Aviles as the Rat Man. The Rat Man forgive you this time. Sha- yeah, Shawnee Smith as Julie Laurie. Uh, Sam Anderson, who was uh, might be best known now from uh, Lost, but he was also on Angel, uh, playing Whitney, uh, Whitney Horgan. And then uh, we've got some cameos from uh, Tom Holland, filmmaker Tom Holland. We've got Sam Raimi. We've got uh, John Landis. And we have uh, Mick Garris and Stephen King themselves, who actually play uh, roles. Yeah, really, they actually they have names and they have uh, they have dialogue. Um, and they're the only ones of the uh, the Actors Guild friends, you know, the, the Directors Guild friends that are playing good guys. It seems. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in the good guy camp. Yeah, they're in they're in Boulder. Everybody else is over uh, on the evil side. You know what I found out? Uh, watching, uh, I was doing, you know. Reading through the IMDb trivia, the guy who plays the uh, the Sentry alongside uh, Stephen King when uh, Stu finally yeah. shows up again, that was uh, Bobby from uh, the Brady Bunch, and oh, Stu calls okay. him Bobby. <laughs> he says, "Bobby, it's me." Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It was kind of fun. That's, I guess that's cute. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Stephen King's uh, character's name is Teddy Wyzak. He's a truck driver. Right. And then Mick Garris himself has a name as well, but I'm trying to I'm trying to find it. And I'm it's not popping up here, but yeah. he does have a name. He has a few lines of guy a lot. Right. Um, I the best part of his character is when they're um, in the in the first free zone committee meeting, and they're doing the uh, they're singing the national anthem and they're about to sing it, and like Mick Garris looks at Stephen King and Stephen King looks at him, and they're both like, I don't know, man, you wrote this. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a cute right. little moment between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think okay, let's. I, I teased it like four times right. in this last this last episode. I've been dying to talk about it. Um, so at this point in the story, everybody's in either one of two camps. They're in uh, they're in Boulder, Colorado, the Boulder Free Zone, right. or they're in Flags, Las Vegas. Right. And Which they never really came up with a name for, did they? They just never said anything. It's just yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just Flags place, right. Flags territory. Um, and the thing is that what this time in particular watching this, there's a bunch of stuff that bugs me, particularly about Boulder. Okay. Uh, first of all, we start off with, uh, and it's talked about, I think, in the book a little bit more. I think there's more of a scene of it. It's in the it's in this part where Glenn Bateman, of course, my favorite character, and we're going to talk a lot about him today on this one, too. Um, 
Glenn Bateman kind of talks about like uh, this is a, it's a bad idea to to start up the power company, right? Power the power station. Uh, we're we're just repeating the same mistakes that got us here in the first place. And I remember in the book, it's it's much more of a conversation he's having with Stu, right? Where and I think he points out in the book, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you've read this mm-hmm. more than I have. But doesn't Glenn Bateman also talk about the uh, there's something inherently problematic about basing their civilization around Mother Abigail? More than once, uh, yeah. Yeah, where he's like, Mother Abigail is speaking for God. Right. And uh, we're basically forming a theocracy right. here. And that's that's because... that's where I that's where Glenn becomes my favorite character as well, for the same yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah. Go on, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but no, it, it's so that's one of the first things that, that – comes to mind first of all and again it comes up again when they're they're doing that full boulder free zone committee right. and they're like the names came from mother abigail and everybody votes unanimously to sort of adopt them right. as the government and i'm like wait based on solely on mother abigail saying these folks are the ones who are important and that's right insane to yeah me. it's that's it's absolute super nuts. super un-american um yeah I don't remember if it was in the book too, but uh, definitely in the miniseries, you know, where uh, I think it was, Harold gets up and just says, "Let's adopt them all in Toto," and everybody yes. goes along with that. That was just a time-saving measure. They were all going to get voted in unanimously either yeah. way because, again, yes, everyone yes. here follows Mother Abigail, and that's that's dark and creepy to me in the same kind of way that um, the people yeah. who follow Flag is. But you know, just different. Yes. Thankfully, she's you know not that evil person that he is but it's the same kind of nonsense you know yes it's like yeah that she says she says these ones so we're good Uh, i wrote it down actually they they uh they make there's a line in part four when uh dana is caught as a spy and she says he says frog and you say and you jump right and i'm like how is boulder any different right mother mother abigail says frog and they jump too i'm like you know so yeah that's really troubling to me watching this i'm like boulder is is, is, it's, is it's a theocracy yeah glad's yeah, right it's very dangerous to a theocracy um i mean it's gonna be another it, it's gonna be um you know another society like america is like okay you got freedom of religion but you better pick the right one <laughs> right 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 and uh and that's the thing is uh and that's the other thing that bothers me is they, they Stu gets up there and says, "Let's sing the national anthem." Right, and I'm like, "No, why?" Like, I yeah. When like, when we were watching this, you know, for for the podcast, you know, and of course, like you, I have to riff the whole time, especially if I'm watching yeah. it with Jen, because um, right. yeah. we both love to do that, you know. Yes. And I'm just, yeah. I just looked at her, I'm like, I'm like, get you a better anthem. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that, you got that's a my, you got a songwriter I mean. there. Make make something better, yeah. Jesus. Right. That's what I mean, or or don't have one at right. all. I mean, and that's the thing is, that yeah. I think this. I, like... I think the Pledge of Allegiance would have worked better in that scene, but either of them are not something I want to see. <laughs> right, and yeah, and both of them are a mistake right. uh, because again, what we're talking about is a civilization that has basically decided to to cling to right. what the society that killed it. Right. Here's in the first. Place. Here's this with that. Um, Glenn says we shouldn't go back to the old ways. I, I'm with yes. him a hundred. Yeah. 99% I still think we should have power because that just helps people live. I agree. And yeah, and um, and and uh and uh 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 Ralph says like you know what what's wrong with putting the rocks back in people's skies right. and I'm like yeah, okay, yeah. I agree. And it, you know, yeah. and his stuff about you know the the old system was a death cult is 100% on point yeah. and yeah. um but there's really especially in the miniseries it looked like there was you know two camps. Um one was to 
go on this, you know, spiritual journey uh, that Mother Abigail is is in charge of and make, you know, this weird right. Christian cult nation. And the other is let's put things back the way there that was before. And both of those are the wrong way to go about it in my mind. I agree. And I agree. both of those, you know, were scary to me. And if I if we were in this in this situation, we would sure. both end up in Boulder if we lived. I think yes. we're both but I think both of us would kind of be hated in Boulder because Boulder, we would be like, "Hey, hey, no." What yeah, yeah. Well, I made the joke. <laughs> I, I made the joke to Lori uh, that I was like, because obviously I come from Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Missouri now, but I, I lived in Maine my whole life, and so in in my mind, my my version of like the Stan fantasies, I'm in Maine, right? And uh, and then I go west, and I feel like as soon as they're like the national anthem, right. uh, we're gonna unanimously vote in these seven assholes right. because based on Mother Abigail. And then, uh, and I want to talk about this a little bit more, um, but like the way they handle the bodies mm-hmm. of the people who lived in Boulder, I think between those three things, I would be like, I'm going back to Maine. Right. All right. Well, it's, you know, I'm going to go back and live on my it's, own. It's kind of, this... it's kind of weird. Cause yeah, they, the first thing they do is they set up the, the, the committee and it's, it's all the characters that we've gotten to know, all the main characters. Yes. Um, right. How is this different than you know when they were working on the Constitution and it was all you know rich white landowners you know making yeah, the decisions yeah. for everybody? Obviously, there were no slaveholders. There were men and women in this, but you know it's it's still the same thing. Right. It's the elites are deciding everything for everything else. Yeah. And I think that was just an unintentional consequence. I don't think you know King meant to have it come off like that necessarily, but he also was aware enough to to comment on it and go, yeah, this is kind of right. fucked up. Well, he, he's talked about that a lot, actually, and he does in the commentary, if memory serves as well, mm-hmm. where he talks about um, how the whole Boulder sequence, actually, it was a pain in the ass to write anyway, right. because everybody was getting complacent. Right. And, and in the book and in the, in the miniseries, part three is the part I like the least. Part three okay. is the part that I find just to be a slog to get through for the most part. Um, yeah. Not because, you know... I like the stuff where they're actually, you know, trying to reclaim Boulder. Um, mm. Even if they went around it backwards, you go turn off the lights before you turn the grid on, you dummies. Uh, right, you go, right, right. go collect up the bodies first. Um, but it's just, yeah, everybody's gotten to their spot, and he's trying to figure out how to move the pieces from Act 2 to Act 3. And right. it feels like it's it's just a long sequence of, of, of doing that, getting the pieces to where they need to be for the, for the finale. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a slog. I'm not gonna not yeah. gonna sugarcoat it. It's a slog for me to, to read. It's a slog for me to get through that part. Yeah. Um, even though it's got yeah. some great parts in it, but on the uh, whole, I mean, to me, part three is. I agree with you that it's a slog, but it's probably my favorite part because yeah. I like the I like that converse, this conversation about. Yeah, that part uh, is my favorite part. Social of part reconstruction, three. right? Social reconstruction, like we're recreating society here. And I feel like the in, the the implication. If, if part three, here, if part three was just about that, it would be it would be a lot better. Yeah. There's a lot of other stuff going on that it's just like, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> right. Well, I feel like the insinuation here, and I think what we're supposed to be getting across mm-hmm. is, uh, there's sort of this socialist democracy right. forming in Boulder. That's the insinuation. Anyway, right. I don't think it actually is. Versus like the like uber capitalist, right. um, Las Vegas. Which we don't really see much of. Yeah, but uh, even even in part four, we don't really see like what that society is like. We see people. We, we see enough to insinuate um, people still work for a living. Right. They get they get paid over right. there, um, which makes no sense. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, everybody's wearing, seems to be wearing outfits that fit their Jobs. socioeconomic right. status. Right. Yeah. Like, we got a lot of people wearing red shirts. Evil wears red right. all over right. the place in this last two. Um, and um, and ironic, ironically, they uh, they pull out ahead of Boulder as far as as far as getting things back back up and running. Um, yeah, you know they're they've got a they they've got you know street cleaning crews and people getting the lights working and everything like that before Boulder really really starts to get that. And well, there's a reason, reason for that. right. Yeah, and the reason for that is you know totalitarian government. You know, where flag right. runs everything, flag, and everyone's but, afraid of flag. So, flag tells them to do something. You go looking. But do it. I mean, is is flag really the one? You know, saying, "Oh, you go fix this light pole. You go fix that light pole," or is it all just the presence of flag? Because I mean, by the time we really start to get to what's going on in Vegas, he's already starting to. I don't want to say abscond in his position, but he's you know he's taken a lot of time off. Let's say. Uh, yeah, he's in and out. Right. Yeah. Um, but but he is also, feel, you know, everybody feels like he's everywhere at once and, you know, they're afraid of that. But it is. Well, we see. Yeah. I think we see the, the parallel there right. that Flag uh, also built his committee. Right. Uh, where he obviously picked up. You know, yeah, he picked the Bizarro. Uh, Lloyd Henry, right. uh, you know, Trash Man, Trash Game Man, uh, the Rat I got to I got to ask. Uh, I got to ask. Aside from Lloyd Henry. <laughs> What do people like Trash Can Man and you know the Rat Man and uh, Shawnee Smith, whose name escapes me at the moment? What Julie Lori? Yeah, there you go, Julie Lori. Yeah. What are they bringing to the table as far as running running the city? I mean, that's even well. You could even argue even Lloyd. I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd, just a, a, Lloyd really steps up though. I mean, yes, he does. Uh, yeah. And that's you know Miguel Ferrer is awesome in this. He's awesome in yes. everything. Yeah. He was in yeah, but... something called Twin Peaks and something else called Robert Cop that you might have heard of. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They they originally were talking about him playing Flag, and I could totally see that, but um, they wanted to go with somebody a little less known for that. Um, but he's yeah. amazing in this, and you know he's once a toady, always a toady is is what Lloyd Henry is. But yeah, but he steps yeah. it up, you know, from being just yeah, like you said, just a robber, just a podunk robber, to being like you know. I don't know. I, he could be a, the CEO of any evil corporation by by the end there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and he brings a lot of of, of pathos and sympathy to Lloyd. Henry. Yeah, uh, and and we'll get to that. Um, uh, to and what I think is probably my favorite scene in the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, but uh, but in terms of like their society, I mean, we see people who are gambling, right? And so I mean, I, the money's still involved, I guess, yeah. which it, it just kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think in both cases, what we're seeing, including in Boulder as well, is we're seeing a desperate cling to getting back to normal as fast as possible. Right. Instead, Which boy, uh, it would be it would be sure sad if we tried to do that in 2020 when we shouldn't. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But I mean, like they're they're singing the national anthem. Yeah. They're going to vote on a committee, and again, this idea is supposed to be Boulder is supposed to be like the socialist group right. where everybody's going to pitch in. Yeah. And be uh, together on things by choice, but, but not by force. Like maybe, like it's implied that Las Vegas is right. Flag basically says you, this is your job. Right. Yeah, and and, uh, and they say that at one point they're like on the airfield, and the guys like you happy with you know getting good pay and good benefits, right. and I'm like, none of those things fucking matter. Right. Um, yeah, but that all, that guy was obviously a union foreman before the, the, the fall as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. Very yeah. very very strong you know foreman vibes off that dude. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, uh, it's also, I think, notable in both that in 
there are no combatants in Boulder. Right. Like we don't see any for ex cops, any ex soldiers. Yeah. No. They're all in flag. They're all in flag. Yeah. Camp. Yeah. They've got um, they've got themselves a sheriff before anybody else. You know, it's definitely head of head head of Vegas security. All right. I'm sorry. Not a sheriff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not a sheriff. He spent uh, he spent uh, 22 years on the Santa Monica PD. Which is weird because he has like a total New York kind of accent. <laughs> yeah. He really does. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like. Uh, but that's what I mean. Is that, so you have Flag Society, which is is business as usual. Right. Boulder is insinuated to not be that, right? Um, but it is, yeah. and that's what always to me. That's what always sticks, in, sort of sticks in my craw, which was is the we're going to sing the national anthem right. because we need to cling to being Americans. And I'm like, but there is no America. Right. America is done for. You have an opportunity, like you said, like you write a better anthem. Right. You don't even need an yeah. anthem. You, but you, what you need to do is figure out how your society is going to work. And how do you avoid the, the, what happened with America? Right. Because America was a, ended up being a failed experiment. You know, they, it all it died. Right. Everybody died. The entire world is dead. And it's time to. I mean, we had to assume there were civilizations in other in other countries. I'm sure. Right. But, well, we never uh, see. We never see those. Never see them. Right. Never hear from them. Um, and uh, it could be decades before any civilizations actually talk to right. each other after all I, of this. Might be um, centuries. Who knows? Because I mean. Yeah, all all the all the factories are shut down. All the power plants are off. And the shopping malls are closed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, yeah, you'd have to take time to like get boats up and right, running or right. whatever airplanes. But um, but yeah, like but that's my point is that so we're gonna cling to this American notion and that and I this we talked about a little bit last mm-hmm. time uh, that this is a very American story. Right. Um, very Americana, and so there's. I think there's supposed to be something like wistful, yeah, about we're Americans, like we're still Americans, it, you know, singing the national yeah, anthem. Is, the flag is, was still there. It is wistful. It is. It does work on that level, but it, yeah, at the same time, there's always in the back of my head, like yours, right, where it's like, what are we doing, guys? What, what's going? What on? are we really yeah. doing? Yeah, uh, and then of course, like, uh, like I said, the the committee being voted in based on Mother Abigail basically right. saying that. Uh, and of course, it's it's forced, and we do see like when Harold says like like let's vote them all in in total, and uh, and Toto Bateman actually said Toto because he is a writer and he must say the big words. <laughs> yes, you know he could have just Glenn he could have just said we'll vote him in as is, but he had to you know. Get but even Glenn horse. Bateman says uh, brilliant, right. utterly brilliant, yeah. like. Where he's like, this is a bad idea. Right, and that's where but, that's where uh, my problem with this comes in because you know, Glenn knows the score. Yeah, Glenn's the one who's right about all this. Um, yeah, and so it's obvious that we are supposed to feel a certain way about this, and then they just kind of you know after she does her her walk in the wilderness, they just kind of forget yeah. all that and just go back to yeah. back to her plan. Yeah, and we'll get to that right. too because that, that 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 part always bugs the shit out Me of too. me too. But. Um, I wrote a real big in my notes. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Me too. Um, but also, like the thing is that they're they're so anxious to get back to normal so fast that they even do something that I think is actually pretty unconscionable, mm-hmm. where their body removal system mm-hmm. is pretty fucking nightmarish. Where they're like, okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna we're gonna go into the church, right? We're gonna wrap up these bodies in garbage bags. It's not. It's not th- just nightmarish. It's exactly. Exactly what the government was doing before, exactly, mm-hmm. and that was well, that was that was bags. a point of horror at the beginning, and now it's just like, well, gotta do what we gotta do. This is what we gotta do, right? 
But like, uh, and they have plenty of time. But they're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap them up in garbage bags. Right. We'll throw them into a into a garbage right. truck and dump them in a hole. Right. And, I don't uh, I don't and, know what a what a better way than that would be, but it's it's certainly scary as hell. Well, look, you have you have nothing but time. No. Okay. No. Like you you don't really because I mean that's that's a biological hazard, with or without the super flu. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but I still feel like there would be there's a way to do it that would. Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. I mean. I think you have the time and you have the people be like, okay. Like you said, like, you know, probably go turn off the lights first right. before you turn on things. I'd be like, well, go get these bodies. And it, uh, even if you mass grave them, you don't have to put them in a garbage truck right. and dump them all in on moss into a hole. Right. Like you could, you know, there's a way to do that. Right. Um, you know, you could dig a big hole and put people in them, but at least like, like line them yeah, up. You could look, at, you look into uh, what New York does with their you know unclaimed uh, bodies they have an island where they they do mass burials but they each get you know a casket yeah. they're both lined side by side yeah. uh you know i noticed or you could at least right. or at least like or at least like funeral pyres yeah you know something. like you know, burn them say something. something say some words you know because these <laughs> right. people right these are people yeah, and, they and then they something. take their stuff right and they take their fucking stuff i mean it's like, i'm gonna move into this guy's house right I'll just dump yeah. his body in a hole, right? And I'll take his, I'll take his house. Well, I think they, I think Uh-oh. they picked houses that didn't have people in them at the moment because they, they got houses before they started getting rid of bodies. I can't imagine that Franny yeah. was living in a room with a couple of corpses. <laughs> well, yeah. and, that, and that makes me wonder if maybe they took care of those if there were houses with bodies in them. Although there's some, there's something ridiculous throughout this entire thing of where some people died. Right. Um, I, I find it rather funny that there's like you know somebody in a. a, a red wagon and i'm like what what the fuck were they doing right. they died. <laughs> someone's in a car wash they turn the power back on yeah someone in a car wash. i'm, I'm, like, I'm dying of the flu but i this car is I'm, dirty I'm, bro the car, the car is filthy yep. i need to fix that um i mean even in our current historical moment when people are dying of covid they're not dying uh at the car wash right. you know they're not dying in the middle of the street they're in, dying in, in, in bed in the, in the book and they kind of mention it in passing in the, in the miniseries there was a point with the super flu where you where you got like a second wind and you were just like kind of out of your gourd um mm. maybe some of those people were doing that i don't know maybe you know but maybe. yeah it's 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 all for the visual motif and all, all for the, yes of which course i mean that's what it's really looks for. looks it's, cool it's, as hell i mean they show that you know when they first show vegas they show that guy in that weird horse costume you know where it looks like he's a giant yeah, horse yeah. with legs uh, yeah. Like you said, the wagon was kind of sad. You know, the the car wash stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The guy in a. Tractor. I mean, at the same very, la- very last shot of part three is a shot of a guy in a tractor. Right. Or the guys in the uh, guys man. in the diner that uh, Sam Raimi and his buddy are in. You know, they're all just sitting down there eating a meal. Yeah. And the food yeah. looks way fresher than they are, but that's okay. <laughs> it's TV. Right. 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 It's TV. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. And of course. Uh, we talked a little bit about it uh, last time too about uh, how relevant this series is mm-hmm. politically. I mean, obviously, Flags Las Vegas was I think eerily prescient right. of a Donald Trump America, right? Um, and which is again like there's there's no doubt about it that I if, out of the two choices I choose Boulder because at least not everybody's running around with a fucking automatic weapon, right. um, which we see everybody's armed yeah, in yeah. Las Vegas, um, and they're totally on board with violence. Um, and there were things I actually once uh, I like telling the story a little bit where I um, on Twitter uh, back when Trump was about to be uh, uh, 
uh, impeached. Right. Uh, I had posted, I had tagged McGarris in a post and said, like, you know, this reminds me of McGarris's The Shining. Right. When Glenn says, it's all, it's all ending for them, Larry. Right. Can you feel it? Yeah, that's a great moment. And Mick Garris liked it and gave it a retweet, I think. It <laughs> nice. was like, I'm like, because I'm like, and I feel like, you know, that's something that I feel like we can see. Yeah. Is, is, even now. Right. Um, in what the most recent Donald Trump bullshit. But again, you know, um, um, you know, King published this in 1978. Um, Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. like I said, I think a lot of these ideas, you know, they're, they're very prescient, but they're also evergreen. You know, they're, they're. Yes. There's stuff that we can plug into, you know, here, there, wherever. Um, yeah. And I think Keg's just really, really good at that. Even yeah. with, you know, going back to, like, you know, the way the characters are drawn, like, you know, Stu being the redneck. Um, let's talk about Randall Flagg being the all-American Antichrist. I mean, denim right, on denim right. on denim, you know, it's just kind of yeah. like a 70s, 80s vibe that, you know, never quite goes away, you know. Yeah. You know, I think for years as a kid, I thought it was just Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Um, right. He looks so much like Billy Ray Cyrus. He does. Um, I wish. I, yeah, I, uh, he's better in a lot of other stuff, but it's nothing I've seen, and I wish I would have seen some Jamie more Sheridan, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played. He played um, Oliver Queen's father. Right. In, in Arrow. Uh, the new Arrow right. series. Yeah. And so I think I remember when I saw him, and I started making flag jokes. But he was on like fun. NCIS or one of those shows. Oh yeah. Law and Order. Successful yeah. actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's very. But if you're a horror guy like like we are, you know, it's it's you, this is all you really know him from. Yeah, this is, yeah, and I think he does a really good yeah. job with it. I think he does too. Yeah. I think he's he's a little much sometimes. I feel like yeah, but the um, script's a little much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot. Of, I mean, know. I uh, there's some absolutely evil stuff like after he like rapes Nadine right. in the desert, he's driving the car, he's singing Larry Underwood. Yeah, song I mean to her. that's brilliant. Uh, I'm like, that's brilliant that's, and terrible. I'm like, that's a that's a pretty evil stuff right, right there. You know, he's singing that can be yo. Or that man. whole thing when he's talking to Lloyd, you know, about her in the when they're going up the elevator. You know, it's just like oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, she can't get enough of it. He's got a he's got a yeah. he's got a joy de vivre that comes across really really well on screen, and I think it was yeah. a good adaptation yeah. in that in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, uh, in terms of that, uh, but I think that obviously, I mean, we can we can poke at Boulder all we want, right. but obviously, what we're really seeing is you know uh, is flag society is one born of hate and fear. Right. And we're, the suggestion being that inevitably that eats greed. itself. You have to have greed in there. Yeah, it's Vegas. Yeah. But it, I mean, come right. on. And, it, and inevitably, which is funny because Vegas is actually very family friendly right. these days. Right. It's, it's no longer the sin city that it may have once been. But, Just kind of sad, um, but you know that's fine. Yeah, I guess. But uh, but yeah, you have that idea of like you know a society born of evil things right. eventually eats itself. And we see very quickly in a lot of scenes that do take place in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's usually members of Trump's camp thinking about taking off. Right. Uh, a very important scene of, of Whitney played by Sam Anderson trying to convince Lloyd yeah. to jump ship with them with that we're gonna go south. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to like Bermuda right. and um, and get all far away from all this because it's too much. Right. It's evil. Of course Whitney also is the one who steps up when Flag's gonna kill uh, Larry and, and Ralph. Right. He says this isn't how Americans act. You know, like um, to going back to ch- again, going back to choice because I mean it's you know yeah yeah I mean yes and they and but I mean yeah these people who are there obviously some of them are, are perfectly like uh, Julie Laurie uh, played by Shawnee Smith who does a wonderful right. job um, uh, with very fact, little this time yeah 
I well, I know there was something there's something really interesting about it. when um, Lloyd is is uh, uh, has found out that um, the girl he's been sleeping with is a spy right. for Boulder. Um, he says, you know, one more smart remark, and I'm gonna make you get dressed out here in front of everybody. And she's like, yes, yeah. like she's like, oh my god, she's like, she's more excited than any of the men in the room to watch Lucy Swan get undressed right. at gunpoint in front of everybody. Yeah, and I could never quite and tell I'm if like, that was a sexual thing or she just wants to see somebody humiliated, uh, or both, you know, or both. Yeah. I both. She's obviously depraved. Right. I mean, like, but um, but yeah, she's um. Uh, she does a great job with with just a few scenes right. of uh, playing somebody who is just and a very like, really, really and a very one dimensional character more more so than almost anybody else in the plot. She's one dimensional, I think. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. Except no, except I mean, for like you know when when uh, Nick spurns her at the beginning, you know she there is some actual pain in in in, in her performance when she's running off yeah. and stuff. Uh, when she's laughing and crying at the same time, like a complete damn lunatic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's obviously off a rock right. to begin with, but yeah, like when when Nick does give her the the note says we don't need you, right. she actually does at least try to be like it was just a joke. Right. Like I actually want you to take, I want to go with you. Like please take me right. with you. Which by the way, I don't want I don't want to be alone. Which by the way, internet people take the hint. It, you can't just do stuff and say it's it, oh it's just a joke and have everybody yeah, go okay joke. that's yeah. fine. Yeah, because she was awfully awfully cruel. Oh, she was uh, terrible. To poor Tom Cullen. I mean, she was pretty rude to to Nick too, in a different way. I mean, she yeah. all but raped him. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty, yeah. She was, uh, but he wasn't. He wasn't exactly. He wasn't uh, exactly uh, not into it, but you know, not into right. it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. And I think uh, maybe he thought for a minute he found his own like Fran Goldsmith, right. you know, and, and it just turns out to be awful. Right. But um. But yeah, I mean, I think so. I think we're obviously seeing that. Uh. That flags and even she's afraid of flag you know um when when he says what a rude little child and he touches her face and she like shrinks back and that was only that was only the second time we saw him use any powers in the real world too yeah he did it to the deer at the beginning uh they didn't show any sort of electricity but he just you know finger gun shot the the deer and then that was you know the first time you actually see him use his powers on a person in real life and i was like oh yeah okay you know yeah he can yeah he can do stuff right. um and again to to a degree i i was thinking about that yesterday too when i was thinking about this uh about the two societies mm-hmm. that to a degree i almost feel like flags loyalists make more sense than mother abigail's because especially beast, lloyd well what, what i mean is but what i mean mm-hmm. is that like flag can actually do stuff right versus uh mother abigail's invisible god right you know mother abigail is like well we'll you know we're brought together i mean other than the dreams there's no right. real proof of God right. anywhere here. Whereas Flag is like, I can fucking do something. Right. I don't I don't necessarily think he has to either because I mean he's just this consummate con man. His whole persona is 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 a false yes. face. Which is, yeah. you know I just finally realized that, you know, why Kareem Abdul Jabbar kept calling him the man without a face, because he doesn't have one. He has a fake face. Um Yes. Yeah. Uh, he could he can sell what is what's the saying? He can sell uh catch a popsicle to a lady with white gloves. I mean, could sell snow right, to right, Eskimos, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if he doesn't use his powers, he's a very persuasive person and the stuff he's selling sounds legit. Yeah. Um, Oh, we're going to put the lights back on. You're going to go back to work. We're going to have, you know, great times and prosperity and, you know, 
all these we're gonna make we're gonna make America great again. Yes, MAGA flag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and again and, and again to, to for the prescient side of it, I mean, like right. one of the signifiers that Las Vegas is evil is like they have Confederate flags. Yeah. Some of them, like, they remember there was cleaning up. Yeah, that guy, guy in the wheelchair. In the wheelchair with, a, with, a, with a Confederate Yeah, flag. and he's back at the end as well. So he never changed sides. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did notice that, this watch through. Like, oh, look, Confederate flag. You're in the right flag. place, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what I mean is there's an odd prescience to Trump's America there, right. I think, where, like, everyone's on. Especially since, and... you know, flag makes all these promises and, you know, gets exactly. all these people to follow him. But. Does he have a plan, really? I mean, does he ha- does he know no, how to and, run and that's, the thing? And that's a problem. Like, what does Flag really want to do? Right. I mean, I, I, we we get the insinuation that he wants to blow up. Boulder. Right. Yeah, we're not sure but what his end game is in why? this. Um, yeah. Um, why? Just because they're there? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess because he I mean, he I, wants to he wants to be the guy, and there can't yeah. be another guy if you're going to be the guy. You know, sure. or girl for Mother sure. Abigail, but you know, I guess it, I mean I guess it could be that simple. Right. I mean, it could just be that he wants to be uh, the only game in town, and, and I think he's smart right. enough to know that you know, in the end, there can only be one of them. You know, they they can't both coexist with their. Well, the thing is, I, I think they they could not with uh, not with flag there. No, maybe not with flag, but maybe not. Well, not. I mean, specifically, they can't coexist because flag right. is flag. If if there was no uh, flag and they just, you know, as a bunch of assholes just started up Vegas again, and a bunch of other assholes started up Boulder again, yeah, they could totally coexist. They could probably help each other out. But with flag yeah. and Abigail being so diametrically opposed, yeah, they're gonna. It's gonna come to blows sooner or later. Right. Well, that's and that's another thing that bothered me this time while through looking at Boulder mm-hmm. as well. Is um, that that it doesn't even seem to cross anybody's mind, right? Um, of uh, even in Boulder, of maybe we should try, which is a, a, by the way the the Christian thing to do, right? Uh, like Mother Abigail, I noticed this last time, just last night I was watching it. Mother, when uh, Nadine Cross shows up in Boulder, uh-huh. she walks up, and Mother Abigail sets up, "Who's this woman that comes?" Yeah. And I'm like, "That's very that's very Christian." Yeah, you're rude. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm like you know. And obviously, Nadine acts like a shithead right. anyway. But I mean, the, the idea would be like, wouldn't the Christian thing to do to be like, I know that you're, you know, in, in on with the devil. Uh, Bec- is there anything we can do to right. pull you to us? Be- like, because Nadine's not a person. Nadine's not a character. She's hmm. a demon to her, and she's right. an object to everyone else around her. Sadly, uh, nope. Really, hardly anybody really views her as a character at any point in this in this story. Uh, no, Larry, Larry for a minute or two at the beginning, and then, but he's yeah. too much of a dick who sees nobody as people at that point to really well, that's count. A, that, and in part one, there's another. It's a pretty cringeworthy scene where he's like, she's like, no, and he's kind of like, yes, right. Um, and, or him uh, with her but, pills, like she yeah, could need those pills, dude. Don't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if memory serves, in the book, that's two different characters, right? Yeah, doesn't. Yeah, they yeah, combined the, them. Yeah, for this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like yeah, Nadine is two different people in uh, in the book. Right. But but yeah, Nadine is obviously mistreated by absolutely everybody. Right. Which is my point. Right. Uh, I was like, you would think that Mother Abigail, as like this Christian entity, would be like, hey, right? Can we talk? He only she only sees the demon inside of her, not the not the uh, not the person who's you know maybe fighting the demon, maybe not at this point. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I mean, and, uh, but also at the same time, like uh, immediately the the Boulder Free Zone Committee gets together and says, "Okay, first order of business: uh, sending spies west." Right. Um, not a uh, again with no question, right? No question whatsoever that Mother Abigail's he's I'm good and he's bad right. is one hundred percent. The correct. only question no... that they have is um, how moral is it to send spies in the first place, but never that they should. You're right, right. Yeah, it's right. They never, they ever think about like, well, all, the only intelligence we have right. is we had these bad dreams where he was scary. Right. Um, and Mother Abigail says that he's the evil one. We must, we must deal with him. Right. But so, but I mean, none of them ever stop to think that maybe uh, some form of communication should happen. Now, well, obviously, it's the, it's the transitive property of you know. They had these dreams of Mother Abigail. She turned out to be real and just how they were. They got together in Boulder and, you know, started singing Kumbaya. So if, right. if these dreams are correct, then the, the bad dreams they're having about Flag must also be correct. They never really sure. need to question that, I guess, from yeah, their I guess that's as close, as close to a conversation they ever have. They have, it, they have sort of that conversation where they're like, well, if Mother Abigail is real, then so must Flag right, right. be real. Um, but... But like, but what I mean is so that there's just this absolute moral absolutism, mm, right? Um, which is just dangerous. From, which is a dangerous thought. Right. Yeah, um, and uh, of course there, uh, it's a great scene. Of course, when they talk about the spies, right. it's a really good scene where Larry's uncomfortable with it. Right. Stu like shows why he's president, right? You know, um, and uh, I was just talking about this with Lori about. One of my problems with the Boulder Free Zone Committee in general mm-hmm. is that half of them have no fucking business running a government, right? Um, where I was thinking, like, out of out of the seven, I would say three of them uh, should actually be there. Which, uh, Stu mm-hmm. Stu proved to basically be you know uh, presidential material. Yeah, he said he's an, uh, Nick said he was a natural, and he's right. He's a natural, right. yeah. Um, and then Glenn Bateman is a professor, right. and Susan Stern is able to run you know the power mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. She has a, a, a skill set that's actually important and very very integral right. to their civilization. What the fuck? Uh, does a, a 19-year-old spoiled girl from a gunquit bring to the table for a government? Uh, you know what? Uh, she's what does... she's the first lady. <laughs> yeah, she's pregnant. I think I think Nick pregnant. brings some to the table. I mean, not only in his I choice. would argue I I would argue that you know Nick uh, he has the heart. Voting voting for him would be was was probably wouldn't be too smart, but he proves to be decent. Where I right. actually was talking about this with Lori, uh, that he is also the one who starts thinking in ways the other ones don't want to. Right. He's the one that immediately says, like, oh, well, Mother Abigail went missing. Well, fuck her. Right. We've, we've got an evil entity over out west we got to deal with. Right. Uh, Mother Abigail's on her own. Yeah. You know, like, he's the one who starts making hard decisions almost immediately uh, in a way that the others aren't right. comfortable with doing. Um, so, yeah, he earns it. But, I mean, and Ralph Brentner, we don't know anything about Ralph Brentner. For all I know, he was mayor. Right. But uh, you know we don't know. Nah. We just always we just always focus. Right. I was gonna say I think uh, he just sold manure before the before the fall. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we know he's folksy. Right. And then you know I'm like okay. I would like to have but seen like, more of Ralph Brenner in the story to be honest because I mean he's just uh, seemed like a good dude and and I liked the guy playing him. I dug the way he played him. Yeah. And he just got yeah. he's again like a lot of people he's got very little to do because it's such a large story they have to tell. I don't I don't remember him being a particularly big factor in the novel. No, I'm saying in general. I mean, in general I would have liked yeah. to have seen him fleshed out more. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He wasn't I can't he was like an also you know, and this guy's here too. Kinda 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 yeah, person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit like someone like like Susan Stern was also yeah on that well, on the committee, but we we barely knew her. Right. Uh, although in the book we got her background. Yeah. A little bit, um, but um, where she proved, and that that was another point that we we talked about a little bit last week about like Larry being voted in. Right. Uh, that at least in the novel he had proven to be a leader right. of his own little set. Yeah, he kept his people that alive. All, all on, of on all the trip of over. all of those characters, all seven characters, were considered to be leadership material because of what they'd been through. Right, and also Fran. <laughs> yeah, and also because even in the book, I've never. Really but if you that. look at the you look at the film version, you look at the miniseries version, you wonder what the hell is a one one hit wonder rock star right. know about running a running a government? right again? Like I said, um, you know, his his uh, character changed between episodes. Yeah, suddenly he's uh, yeah, suddenly he's much much better. Yeah, yeah but then he goes back um, to kind of being a, a a dick to Nadine and pushes her way too and, hard, and you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that she didn't deserve uh, yeah, yeah, to get yelled at for doing that, but right, right. But he's like, you come here and you look right through my wife. Right? Um, you know, and it's like, well, again, Larry, your wife. It's a that's an arbitrary. And yeah, and because like, and because of the way we skipped over a lot of that stuff, it it equally felt like he was, you know, upset about you know her tempting him as anything yeah. else because yeah. we hadn't actually clicked you know really mentally with you know that he's different than the man we saw in new york the first time yeah and then he goes into his house and she's like did you come for her things and he grabs right. her and pulls her up and shakes her yeah. and i'm like yeah okay he's uh he's, he's great for pregnancy. yeah, yeah. Uh, way to go larry right. Um, you know, <laughs> no, I love you, right. you stupid bitch! <laughs> like, like, what the hell? They didn't Larry? even they didn't even let Larry sing the national anthem for everybody. You know, it's yeah, yeah. You think that they would have just had him up there with a the guitar right. and go all like Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. You know, or, well, Springsteen uh, was the uh, was the obvious influence, I think, on him too, wasn't it? I I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a little bit of of that. It's a little bit of Robert Palmer. Right. I think, no, I think um, like in the book, it was definitely Springsteen uh, that was. Oh yeah, choice. I think he was probably. Uh, uh, I think there's a, some of that Although, in Stu Redman too. Yeah, there's some Springsteen uh, in a lot of the characters in uh, Flag. Yeah. There's a lot of Springsteen in Mellencamp, you know, as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and that's all Stephen King. Right. Sting is, Stephen King's an old rock, you know, old rock and roll guy, right? You know, so. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Boulder has a lot of really screwed up stuff going on there. Um, uh, just as much as I think flags. Obviously, yeah. given again, given the choice between the two, Boulder obviously right because Boulder's not you know crucifying drug addicts. They just don't have yeah, any. and and yeah, nobody's running around with guns, right. you know, because uh, they don't need know, to. You know, it's right, right. And, uh, we see some guns. We see some guns at the and end. And that's where I you know, that's where I come into the fundamental problem with you know following Mother Abigail is you know a theocracy is only as good as the God you follow and the leader telling you what God says. Um, right. Mother Abigail is is a good example of, you know, a, a, maybe positive is a big word, but, you know, the kind of head of a theocracy that has the people in, in mind, has the right heart. I think so. But yeah. once she's dead, yeah. what happens then? You know, um, right. they didn't have to well, worry I, about drug dealers. They didn't have to worry about people with guns. But, you know, that was because really the people that came all dreamt of her. What happens in the next generation? Right. Right. Or the one after, you know. Right, right. Well, I had written down, it was a joke I thought mm -hmm. of, uh, again, as I riff. I think it would have been fun when, uh, when Stu and Tom come back at the very, very end. Right. And uh, Teddy's there, the uh, Stephen King is there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, he's like, okay, let's go see Franny. And, when, and Stephen King's like, I don't know how to tell you this, Stu. Right. 
Uh, um, my best Stephen King. That's one. not actually that bad. Yeah. Stu. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, you know Stephen King yep. talking talking <laughs> like this. Uh, We're gonna new format for the show. We're gonna do uh, Stephen yeah. King voice forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, a, a little bit loose wait, in the wait. shoes. You, you could do the Stephen King voice. I'll do the uh, Fred Gwynn from Pet Cemetery. Fred, Fred, Fred Cemetery. Yeah, sometimes. Don't go down that, that road. <laughs> but uh, but yes, but seriously, my, my joke had been that he's like, I don't know how to tell you this, dude. I think it would have been funnier to be like, Fran had set herself up as the new God King. That would be awesome. Like, so then he finds out, like, he comes back and Fran's like, you know, uh, Lucy and Joe are rubbing her feet. Right, right. And she's like, you know, bring me another margarita. Yeah, she... They're like, what? But but you've had enough. And she's like, off with his fucking yeah. head. She's wearing like a I crown am, uh, of femurs, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I am, I am now queen. I speak for Mother Abigail now. So she goes full Cersei. Mother Abigail's Mother Abigail's powers have transferred to me, right. and now I speak for God. There you go. And she becomes God King while everybody else is gone. That'd be funny. I think that would have been the better. That's my ending to the stand right. right there. Like Stu walks in and goes, "What the hell's going on?" And Fran's like, "I am now the Queen right. of Boulder." And since there's no more Las Vegas, it's like now I am Queen of America. Right. Like everyone now <laughs> bows before Fran, um, which I think would probably be more realistic. Like you know, spoiled girl from uh, from. A gunk with Maine, which is a right. totally uh, wealthy neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've I never been to Maine, stuff. but even you know, back at the time, I recognized that that was probably the rich kid part of the state. You know, yeah, Unquit's, Unquit's got a lot of money. It says, yeah. um, a lot of high Isn't it like a tourist spot as well, or no? Uh, to a degree, right. they're very much into. Um, they're very much, as Stephen King kind of points out in the commentary, they're very much into like the arts, okay, and theater. Uh, but there's a lot of money there. Um, and uh, and they're a little bit snooty. Right. That uh, actually explains a little bit about Harold Lloyd as a character, if that's you know the the tenor of the town. Yeah, you know he's a little bit thinks thinks he's a little more highfalutin than he actually is, and thinks he's a little more cultured than he actually is. And oh yeah, he'd uh, fit right in right. in the banquet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I just thought it would be funny if Fran, <laughs> if they find out. The the thing isn't about it's not about the baby being early or having the flu. It's actually that Fran has just become a despot, right? Um, and has claimed the role of prophet to to you know right. But you know, it's run 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 her own run her own game. But Stephen um, Stephen King wrote this, so it's equally likely that he comes back and he realizes that the entire town has ran a train on her. You know, no oh, fool. You know, to All keep right. them closer together. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Oh, well, okay. I got you now. Yeah, you're making knit reference. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. But, um, okay, so let's let's talk about Glenn Bateman. Oh, my God. Love that dude. Yeah, uh, played by Ray Walston. Yeah. He's, he's so good. In fact, this. my favorite um, Martian. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Uh, he was great in this film. Um, Absolutely stunning. Yeah, and he has my – and, again, we've talked about – we talked about a little bit, like, how he's the one who's sort of pointing out the flaws in right. Boulder, but then it's sort of forgotten. Yeah. Like, he forgets it himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is like suddenly kind he's of like, unfortunate. You know, it must be it must be God's plan. I'm like, what? You weren't really on board with the God thing a few minutes right. ago. But um, there are still some great moments with him. Um, also, but I guess before we can jump right into Glenn Bateman, I, one last dumbass thing mm-hmm. about the uh, uh, Mother Abigail as as uh, prophet right. running Boulder. Um, the ending, of course, the house blows up. Nick's Nick's killed. A couple other people are killed. Harold's killed right. a bunch of people. And um, Fran actually says the only time I've ever liked Fran in this whole stupid movie is uh, when she says, we're not having any more to do with your killer. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, finally somebody sister. says it, like, you know? Finally someone says it. Like, how, how about God does his own shit that's, and we'll, we'll deal with That's where the problem the of God is, comes into this and, you know, comes into to my worldview in general. It's like, you know, how could you? How yeah. could if you if you if you're a god of you know love and all this stuff, how could you be doing all these terrible terrible things? Well, I don't think he is a god, a god of love in this. I think that this is the Old Testament wrath. God. But even uh, even but... you know even that god's this supposed to be the same god as the New Testament god. It's like you know it's the same problem I run into with you know Christianity as a whole or yeah. theology as a whole. Um, not not to get too off there, but yeah, I like that you know she right, qu- right, right. she finally questions it. And Glenn questions it from the beginning, yeah. um, both the theocracy of it and just, you know, the wisdom of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's so that the house blows up and Mother Abigail then says, like, the four of you right. uh, have to go today with the clothes on your backs. And I would have been like, fuck you, I'm bringing a gun. Right. Uh, I would have uh, loaded up that dog with everything that dog could carry. Well, I was gonna say, like, well, first of all, like, why do we have to stick to the letter of this anyway? Like, well, again, we're we're just buying into Mother Abigail speaks for God. Right. Uh, I would be like, okay, well, we we have to deal with this guy. Well, I said, first of all, we sent out spies. Yeah. Shouldn't we wait for them to get back? Right. Before we go and do anything. Um, to uh, something just there, blew up. There wouldn't have been and, there wouldn't have been time for them to wait for the spies to come back, but it's not like they knew that. Well, even then, theoretically, and I want to talk about this too because the ending of this thing is, is kind of dumb to me. But, um, but, but also at the same time, okay, like something just blew up, right. a bunch of people died, yeah. and now the only like half only of our committee figures, died, you know, and you want to send the yeah. other half away, right? Right. You're basically that's what right. I mean. You're leaving Fran right. behind. Um, but you know, two members of our committee are dead. Mother Abigail is dead. Right. Um, a whole bunch of other people were blown up, blown up by a betrayal of one of their own. Right. And your working government wants to go for a fucking walk. Yeah. Like uh, that's another point. That's another point where, like, where I had Boulder, I would have been in the streets. I would have been, might have been the only person with protesting or throwing Molotov cocktails, but I'd be out there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like you're, uh, our, our, they don't even. There's not even a question right. about how we're gonna run. How about how the government's gonna run? We gotta go walk. Nobody even, walk nobody even it. stopped to go. Should we go after Harold? Should we bring him back? Should we, you know, yeah, bring any yeah. sort of justice? Is he, is he just gone? Did he yeah. even leave? We don't know. He left, you know, he made a radio transmission that we don't know if anybody actually heard, um, but he didn't say he was yeah. leaving. He could still be there and waiting to bomb, bomb something else. Nobody right. even looked into it. And that's what I mean is this committee never stops to think about the, the community that they're supposed to be running. Right. They just drop everything at the, at, at the because at this, single word of because God right. says because at this we point, must do this. Um, the story stops being about a community and starts being, you know, about taking on, you know, Randall flag and it kind of switched gears a little too right. abruptly with not like you're saying not enough talk about you know why or how we need to go about that right yeah right. If, if I was any of the people left in Boulder I'd be like what the hell just happened wait a minute yeah wait our, our elected elected officials just left town right um and Fran's left and Fran will be like well I'll run things and everybody will be like well, who are you right um uh, like, great I guess we're gonna have to listen to a lot of REM songs now great yeah right right <laughs> As I mean, it was funny or a friend and just, you know, figured out the way to deal with that was to say, I speak for Mother Abigail now. Right. And uh, and everybody would have fallen in line because in theory, that's what we've got in Boulder. We've got a whole bunch of people who are apparently willing to 100% buy into yeah, yeah. Mother Ab- Mother Abigail saying this is what God's will is. Right. Um, which, I, again, is just as sort of cult-like as, as uh, Las Vegas right. is. 
But, um, and like I said, like, it's a little bit weird that Glenn, in particular, starts to kind of go on about, like, well, this must be God's plan. And I'm like, but, right. wait, what? Where? Like, Show me your um, notes, buddy. Show your work. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there are some nice scenes from it, like mm-hmm. when Stu breaks his leg and Glenn comes back and he's got the Coke and then he gives him the, the pills. Right. And it's a little nice moment where he says, there's enough here. Right, if you take more than two of those, it'll probably be fatal. You know that, right? You, you, you know that, right? Yeah. You know, where he's saying, like, if it gets too bad, right. take, take all of them, and uh, you'll go to sleep nice and peacefully. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I like, I mean, I do like little moments like that. And, of course, Glenn Bateman's death mm-hmm. scene is probably my favorite scene in the entire Absolutely. miniseries. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's got my two favorite, three favorite people in the whole thing in it. It's got, you know... Ray Walston, yeah. Jamie Sheridan, and Miguel Ferrar, who's yeah. they're mm-hmm. all doing great work there. Um, yes, yeah. Well, you got Glenn, uh, Glenn uh, saying to Lloyd uh, after Lloyd has shot him, right? You know, and he said, "It's okay, Mister Henry. Right? You know, you don't know any better." And uh, Laurie uh, actually knows that well. Very Christ, yeah, very Christ-like, like, yeah. And it's, it's that's the idea. And at the same time, it's the perfect thing to say to Lloyd to just completely emasculate and destroy him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and that, but the thing is that uh, Miguel Ferro brings a lot to that scene too, where right. he's like, uh, he's questioning, yeah. first of all, when Flag's like, shoot this old man, and he's, but he's an old man. Right. I don't, I don't want to do that. That That's just evil. Yeah. That's one that's of the just, first you times know. you've ever seen him, you know, actually question anybody, you know, who he's with. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen Lloyd. We saw Lloyd through a couple of times when, like, you know, the the uh, when Trash Game Man comes in and he's like, "My life for him," and and Ratman says, "You know, dude's crazy." Right. And Lloyd says, "What? We're not." Wait, but he never questions you know? anything. You know, to flag. He never uh, questions anything no. to uh, poke when he's going to pokerize everybody. No, uh, no, no. This is no. the first time you actually see you know him go. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it again. I think it's in in the book. It's more, the character is more fleshed right. out in the sense that he's just actually a pretty nice person that just kind of fell in with the wrong. Right, crowd. like I said, he's a he's a professional toady. He did, never had you know enough yeah. respect for himself to actually be himself. So he just kind of gloms on to people. On to people, yeah. Um, and and I, he starts to gain that respect right. under flag. And he starts to uh, actually you know grow a little bit as a person, which is you know kind of odd because nobody else on that side ever does except for him. Well, Whitney. Whitney does. Yeah, a bit at the very end. He says, we're, we're, we're leaving. Right. Yeah, like he says, we're, we're, some of us are going to take off because we realize it's a sinking <sighs> but, ship. See, with and Whitney then he is, does, Whitney does stand right. up. Right. At that point with Whitney, I wasn't sure if like that was a sort of growth from him or he, he just could you know see that the ship was taken on water. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously at the end, you know, we're, we're Americans. This isn't what we do. You know, whatever he said. Yeah. 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 The only problem with uh, with – Miguel Ferrar as Lloyd is I never really bought him as the Lloyd at the beginning mm. too much like just I don't know he's just kind of like a hard to explain I don't see him as like ever being a redneck <laughs> just a no. hillbilly kind of no. guy um, no. although I you know later when he is in prison and he's you know begging for his life and this that still blaming the other guy for what he chose to do right um and again even more so later when he becomes you know kind of a yuppie you know thug yeah that's why they hired him for the role i and that's perfect for for what he brings Uh, but yes it's like this you know 
backwater town hick with a gun. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. He was a little, I mean, he was a little old for the part too. Yeah. I think. Um, I think Lloyd was supposed to be a little younger. Right. Um, and so he's a little not bit that he, not just, not that he doesn't he sell does it, but it's well. not something I would yeah. ever think of him being, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he does. I mean, he does very well in this performance. Right. It's a great performance. Oh yeah, it's um, my like I said, it's my, it's great might be my favorite of the movie. If uh, it's tied between him and you know Ray Walston as Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and he brings, but they, they, again, in that scene in particular, he's like, I don't want to do that, right. and then he does. Then he does say, "Well, but this man sh- uh, showed me more." You know, this man gave me more than anyone has ever right. given me in my life, and he does shoot Glenn. Yeah. Um, and but it's upsetting for him. And when Glenn says, you know, uh, uh, you know, forgives him, right? Uh, Glenn, the Lloyd actually then yells out, you know, shut up, you mouthy old bastard, right? Um, you know, with with just with a lot of pain in his voice, yeah. where he's like, I didn't like what I just did, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, it's a great scene. And it even cuts to again. It's a somewhat manipulative scene, but of uh, uh, you know they cut to Larry and uh, Ralph, who are somehow for whatever reason. Yeah, why would they put them uh, jail, all together? They're, they're they're put together where Glenn is off somewhere right. else. Um, but it makes for the image of the two holding hands right. and, and reciting the Lord's Prayer. Um, there's a lot of manipulative stuff, I think, in part four Absolutely. in terms of emotional. At the, at the ending, particularly, like looking at little Abigail Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. And Ruby D's face comes in. She's like, Beep, oh, that is, baby. And then I'm it just sorry, goes through I, a montage we have, of everybody. We have to be positive, but that was the dumbest thing <laughs> in yeah. the whole whole thing. And then we have the montage of everybody it was who just died all looking so, happy. Yeah, it was, just, it was just too much. And what did they die for? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about this. God. Let's, let's talk about this, okay? Okay. Right. But God solved the problem at the end of the damn movie anyway. He, right in the laziest in the laziest way he could. He didn't even use his own energy. Yeah. No, he he nice. took Flag's energy and did that. Lazy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Get involved, buddy. Yeah. Get in, yeah, if you're not going to get involved now, when are you going to do it? Right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And, yeah, he, he wait. He wait. No, no. He waits for. He waits for Trash Can Man to bring the right to him. Yeah. And then he, you're right, he uses Flag's energy to blow up the nuke. But my point is that God does it all himself right. anyway at the end of the day, right. right? So what did anybody die for? What was, what was the point? Um, why did why did they have to go confront Flag? They didn't even do anything right. but get captured and nearly die. Four book I mean, happened? Like... <laughs> um, yeah, that, and, and it's just weird because, yeah, like you said at the end, you know, with everything that happens. Um, yeah, what did they accomplish when they were there that wasn't going right. to happen already? I mean, we okay, they made I mean, they made Lloyd question himself, but he's dead. Yeah. They made uh, the sheriff or security guy question it, and the uh, the guy who was going to run to Mexico question themselves a little bit, but they're dead. Yeah. Um, yeah they're dead. Yeah, I mean, what what could have happened there yeah. that wouldn't have happened what somewhere else? Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, the implication seriously was that the trash can man was always going to end up bringing a nuke to uh, nuke to the doorstep. Right. Yeah. There's because he's a nut job. Right. Uh, and, and they so didn't. I'm like, well, we sent, going, we sent spies. Right. Going back to you know when we talked about uh, Tom Cullen and uh, Nick Andros being not exactly you know the best right. uh, treated pictures of you know having problems in the real world. Trash Can Man is right. not yeah. delicately treated no. either. No. In, no, the, in no, an unfortunate no. manner, and neither Nadine as well, because I mean Nadine and uh, 
God, I can never remember Shawnee Smith's name. Julie. Julie. Uh, they both have some sort of issues going on that, you know. Definitely. Yeah. But that's their whole character is that, they, oh, we have issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and those issues are, are never confronted or, or changed. Right, right. And I mean, if, if anything, if anything, those issues make them bad characters, uh, bad yeah, people. I yeah. mean, you know, bad. Right. And it's and we're being flippant. We right. we really do love this miniseries. Oh, I yeah, mean, like, this is but my yeah, favorite. We're being, yeah, but we're being we're we're getting a little bit too. Uh, we're getting a little, a little uh, punchy, snarky. But, yeah, yeah. But hey, what the hell? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean it. But like seriously though, it is a problem in this story of, uh, first of all, the do ex machina. Right device anyway yeah is a little bit like wait what i think but, i, I, mean, I think the anyway. one two punch of uh and uh, they weren't right in a row but you know it mm. and stephen king's or the, the stand the mm. endings of both of those miniseries were you're kind of and the books to an extent yeah. uh, more so yeah. the miniseries were were kind of such a letdown that that's where the trope of oh stephen king can't write endings really got yes. started i think yeah yeah, in fact, the stand is almost almost always the one pointed at if someone wants to talk about Stephen King not being able to put together a good. Really, because I thought it was usually it's it, the stand because they're like, oh, look, it's a spider. Yeah, <laughs> I hear oh, that well, one just yeah. as much. Yeah, I, I, I hear the one I've always heard the most is is uh, Hand of God at the end. Of right, the stand, right, is being like the uh, the quintessential guy can't figure out how to end his right. book. And so and it just God blows it was just up. made a little too unsubtle you know as well just the way it happened and the way that they literally had to shout it's the hand of god you know yeah it's the hand of god thank you we get it uh yeah <laughs> and i mean like yeah so again like what was the point of standing up uh right. anyway yeah when uh, inevitably the trash can man was going to blow up las vegas anyway. okay but here's here's um, here's a here's a kind of theological question on that uh, do the results of you taking a stand matter more than the fact that you did the right thing? Yeah. May, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too like, you know, syrupy about it, but I mean, no, really no, that's the I important mean, yeah. part is not, you know, let's say you're walking down the street and you see, I don't know. I don't want to say hate crime because that's too obvious, but so you see somebody mm. uh, keying a car or throwing a bottle through a window and you're like, do you do you walk on by or do you do you call the cops? Do you say something? Uh, right. Does it matter? The window's still broken. The car is still keyed. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I get they're that. they're testing the that. characters, I think, and that's that's where I dig my hooks hooks into the story. Anyways, is first of all, you know, when I was a kid, I really loved parts one because you get to see everything go tits up, yeah, and yeah, all this yeah. awesome stuff happens. But you know, the more time that passes, the more I key into the, the you know this the characters, the the story, the fact yeah. that each of them in their own way are tested, and yeah. even Mother Abigail is tested, um, yes. even Randall Flagg is tested at the end, um, yes. and to see how they all meet or fail that that test is yeah. the part of the ending that I find fulfilling, and. That's the part of the ending that I think in the miniseries is the most fulfilling. Okay. Um, but when we were watching it the other day, uh, Jed had pointed out, you know, how how she didn't care that Stu was kind of sidelined at the end. Yeah. Um, but he had been making his stand this entire time. Sure. He didn't have to go there and make a choice. Uh, Glenn, although I disagree with his 
sudden turn to theology yeah. made his choice. He he made yes. his stand, which they had to say 17 times in each episode so you knew what you were watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stu already did. And it was a clever mm-hmm. way because you – the whole movie, the whole movie and the whole book, he's the lead. He's yeah. the guy. And all of a sudden, the yeah. third act, he's out of the picture. You're like, what the yeah. heck just happened? Yeah. And the yeah. first time you read it or the first time you watch it, you don't know how it's going to end where, you know, once he falls in that ravine, you're like, he is a dead man. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. You're done, buddy. Yeah. But yeah. going back to God and his plan and the hand of God and yada, yada, that was a way better use of God than anything of the ending because it showed mercy it showed mm. it showed he had a plan it showed god uh giving a way forward because Stu fell because if he went to las vegas he was dead yeah um Stu fell because god wanted him so to speak you know to go back and be a father and help build that yeah. civilization and he put yeah Tom Cullen there. He put Nick there to help Tom yeah. Cullen. Yeah. That's the that's the real ending for me, the real God's planned ending, not this, you know, silly thing with the nuke. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah, it does. And yes, I understand the concept, you know, the principle. Right. You know, like we, you know, we had to stand up for ourselves right. or our civilization. But, but then something. but then you have to still have a book ending a th- a, a movie ending that's you know big and bombastic enough to uh, right. to make all this worthwhile because this is a huge story that spans the entire country and you know yeah. they filmed in what ninety locations all over the place you know seven yeah seven different states right I think was he said that they've shot in and so you need a big bombastic ending but you know sadly it's also a TV budget you know. Yeah, it's a big yeah. budget for TV at the time. You know, I mean, the average episode of like The Next Generation, Star Trek The Next Generation was like one or two yeah. million an episode. This had about six million an episode after uh, pre-production costs. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. What I'm saying is I don't know how you fix the ending. I don't know how you make it. No, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I have sympathy for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, like when people say like Stephen, you know, The Stand is a crappy ending and I'm kind of like, well, what's the alternative? Right. Um, and going back you know, to like Lord of the Rings, you know, the Lord of the Rings ending is kind of not great either. You know, mm-hmm. any of the, you know, it's also got way too many, which is a problem the stand has. Um, there's too many endings. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Lord of the Rings and the stand, I think both are about the journey, not, not the, not the end point uh, I, destination. I would agree. I would agree right. with that. Yeah. I mean, the, the real, the real point of the stand is, and the whole point of them going, taking the walk right. and all that was meant to, to signify that, that the, 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 what we're going to do, which of course they even more or less say the four of them, when they start out, we're going out there to die. Right. right. Um, and then, we're not coming and then back. Glenn said, you know, mother Abigail knew what she was doing because she wanted us to be filled up with something. We have empty hearts and empty heads uh, yes. to paraphrase, yeah. uh, you know? Yeah. So he knew what was yeah. up. I mean, yeah, they all knew they were going out there mm-hmm. to die. Um, and so that basically what they were doing was ostensibly meaningless, except for the fact that the act itself has meaning. Right. Um, it's to stand up for themselves, to stand up for Boulder, to right. stand up for good. Yeah. Even though they knew they were walking into right. their inevitable end. Yeah. Um, 
So I mean, I guess yeah. The question would be, how do you win that story? Right. It's just, it's uh, just. You know, do you do you have do you have Larry Underwood versus uh, you know, uh, <laughs> on the top of a burning fight? mountain? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like yeah, is it like uh, Revenge of the Sith? Right. You know, like they're fighting with lightsabers. And that's that's the thing. You know? For every every time I think I'm dissatisfied with the way that ended, I'm like, I don't I don't know how to end that either. I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know what the, the alternative would be. Uh, you know, you can't have a, a, an atypical. Well, I mean, first of all, they're no, they're no match for flag in any sort of actual physical or even metaphysical right. way. So you can't have like a final battle. No, and you know, like the, you can't like the only with it, for example. You know, it when they did the more modern adaptation, uh-huh. you know, ended with like, well, maybe we'll just fight him, right. basically fight the creature. You can't do that with the stand. Right. You the only way do... they could have maybe done that is if, you know, they, they established that, you know, part of Flag's glamour is people believing in him. And if people just started turning on him, maybe it would depower yeah. him some, that kind of thing. But that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff you'd have to set up in an already very long story for it to work. Yeah, yeah I don't know. And it wouldn't. It wouldn't really track either, I don't think, because the idea is supposed to be that flag. I mean, ultimately, what we're really talking about, the themes here are evil eats itself. Right. Evil, evil can't survive on its own. It thinks, it and can. that's what I'm it saying. Has, even though right. it has all the power, right. it has all of the actual ability to act, but it can't sustain right. itself because ultimately it eats itself. And that's why I think it would have been a little more fulfilling if we would have shown a little bit more of the people in Las Vegas turning on him at the end. You know, they showed him being questioned by people around him but you know they showed a few people turning on him in that scene but it still seemed like the crowd was with him Uh, so I don't know yeah well even then the crowd wasn't necessarily with him they were the the cop guys actually like they're trying to kill Larry and uh, the crowd's trying to kill Larry and Ralph before he even get up to the stage and he took the point where he's literally like blow a few heads off if you have to right you know, like so. I mean, obviously, they're not really even all that falling in the line. Yeah. With flag anyway, like. Um, That's what I'm saying. If if if, if you yeah. put a little, you know, a little more emphasis on people turning on flag, it would have made a, a better ending. Yeah. And just to have you know the hand of God to put the button on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the idea, of course, being also that, like as you pointed out, like no one changes or anything. No minds get changed right. because. Las Vegas just explodes. Yeah. Everybody's dead. Uh, everybody, everybody's dead, including our heroes. Um, and all that's the left other thing is, that I is... think that takes away from the ending is um, either you end it there with mm-hmm. the world just is done. You know, we're done. Right. Or yeah. you do, you know, like they did, but you show a little bit more about you know how they're going to rebuild society. Right. Um, yeah. It kind of went half and half, and. and it, it could have been a little had a little more punch if they went more into either option I think yeah yeah I think you're probably right I think that uh, a, a harder choice of what we're talking about here um, maybe a little more even if it I mean it, the miniseries gets awfully obvious anyway right. but like, I almost feel like if you just wanted to go more obvious just do it yeah you know like uh, so, so what like, you're saying is the theme of our show, which is if you're going to do it, do it all the way. <laughs> it yeah. seems like we always come back yeah, to that. I guess yeah. so. A little bit. It seems that that seems to be a thing we come back to quite frequently. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, if you want to make it about the about the principle, then make it about the principle. Right. Uh, but you sort of set up that idea of confrontation 
I think that promises something to an audience that right. isn't coming. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's a tough it's a tough act to balance both of those things, and I think yeah. they both set out to do both of those things, and yeah, ninety nine percent of it I think works for, wonderfully. You know, it's just I think I yeah. agree, I agree. Uh, I I think that other than a, a, really the only real flaws uh, for this is you know again ninety four much like we talked about with The Shining, right. some CGI doesn't quite do it for me. Right. You know, um, I also think uh, flags. Transformations don't really work right. for me, honestly. And I, I always say I remember reading back in the day. Um, you know, the I read Fangoria all the time, obviously at the time. Sure. And they did yeah. a lot of coverage on the stand, and a lot of it, you know, focused on uh, Randall Flag and you know the makeup effects they did for that. And they yeah. look amazing on on the you know on the photos. They also showed you know a lot of Matt Frewer's makeup effects. Um, in yeah. behind the scenes, yeah. they did too as well, like the behind the scenes EPK. Um, but then when it comes across on screen, it's, you know, it's just a little tiny bit of it on there. Or, you know, the one scene where he's doing the uh, Citizen Kane slash Tommy Wiseau wreck up the room stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the way it was shot, it kind of, kind of comes off a little goofy and he's kind of a little lumbering, you know, wearing that big yeah, fake head. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think even, yeah, I even, even horror fans, I think, had a little bit of a different idea of what they were going to get than what they got, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, see, I always say, and I'll, I'll say this to the day I die: mm-hmm. give me a, a pupilless uh, contact lenses and a crooked grin right. any day yeah. over 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 complicated makeup effects. Right. Uh, because I actually also think because I think that flag is at his scariest in those scenes. Yeah, where he's got like black eyes or red eyes. Maybe uh, maybe the, maybe the, not the big uh, big goofy werewolf teeth, but you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, I like the um, subtle. I thought subtle his, works yeah, better. And I, I think. I, I, yeah, I think his best one. I think his scariest one was, uh, you know, uh, uh, Nick's dream in part one, yeah. where uh, she said, "There's a storm brewing." Right. His storm, and, she was, and he's like the scarecrow. Yeah, that's the scariest look in my opinion, and they don't really revisit. That or when he's got much. the red they, glowing eyes in the dreams, those are pretty. That's pretty effective yeah. shot. Yeah. 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 But um, but yeah, he's, so we're he's not Frankenstein, you know. He's no, he, he, no. He's he's an evil man slash creature slash multiverse entity because of later editions. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, don't don't play him like he's a werewolf, you know. And that's where he works best when he's going back and forth pretty seamlessly between being this slick salesman and this just demonic force that you know will yeah. eat your heart if given the chance yeah yeah so we're running out of time yep. what uh, what are your final thoughts on uh, on the stand part two uh, part uh, three and four I mean like I said part three is the one that I find most difficult to get through um, sure even the first time I watched it but it's got a lot of good stuff uh, in there um, mm-hmm. like I said Glenn's got like we've said Glenn's amazing in this um, yeah the the last act really buttons everything the last part really buttons everything together pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, one and two are still my favorite parts, but three and four uh, wouldn't be it without it. I mean, it's just yeah, that's yeah, true. I think overall, yeah. this this miniseries will always remain locked in first place with it for my favorite. Um, and like it, it also has you know things that don't work as well and things that work great. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. How about you? 
Uh, generally, just uh, I've always I'm always impressed with it. Uh, in general, just because of its uh, how ambitious. Yeah, it was. such a scope. Um, yeah, uh, such a huge, huge piece. And we, we for, a re- for a relatively untested director. Right, and we talked about a lot about the nuance and the character and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you really can't overstate how broad and how epic this all feels, even in 1994 yes. terms. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely well directed um, and very well controlled. Garris is uh, obviously does uh, some of his best. Yeah, he's here. just a master at what he does, and a yeah, lot of that's his. Yeah. Like 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 the characters in the stand, a lot of it's you know just kind of seen as a workman kind of blue yeah. collar thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah, and, I mean, like, but yeah, there's some there's some excellent act breaks. Uh, he really has control over where this story kind of starts and stops, yeah. and so it's uh, I think it's a really really great piece of filmmaking. The pacing, the pacing overall on the on the miniseries, I think actually works better than than the original book, and that's you know Garrus and. Yeah. I did not look up to see who edited it, but um, and Stephen King obviously right knows at this point really knows how to write a screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I very much like it. Um, if 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 even with all these things that I you know I've kind of poked fun of, right. uh, but I mean honestly, honestly, the thing is, uh, like part of the reason why I love part three in particular is that conversation. Right, that's the part I love, I love I about love, part three. It's the yeah, it's the I, I love the social reconstruction i didn't i didn't and all the problems i didn't really mention it but like the part i find the hardest to get through in part three is all the harold lauder stuff i just yeah you know yeah yeah anyway so yeah he gets a lot he gets a lot of focus there but but yeah so uh i guess that about wraps us up take us out for yeah uh so uh as always um i am nathaniel johnson and then uh, i've got samuel hello with me as always samuel and uh uh, just reminding you that uh, our mission statement here is to keep it positive, uh, constructive analysis, and uh, doing it all with love. Uh, love yourself, love your horror. And, you got uh, anywhere uh, we can see us online? Or oh yeah, um, yeah. We actually have we have the blog up now yep. on uh, at the devil's ball dot uh, We have write ups for all, uh, first five episodes, and soon we'll have one up for the stand as well. Um, and we're still available on Anchor FM, uh, Spotify, a whole bunch of other places. Um, we haven't done anything with YouTube yet, but we probably will later. Um, and thank you very much for watch, uh, for listening to us. Uh, we're steadily growing, and we're really appreciative of that. Stay safe um, and love each other, guys. Absolutely. And uh, so that wraps us up. Thank you very much. Good night. And namaste. Dancing at the devil's ball. Dancing at the devil's ball. Dancing at the devil's ball.